the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for joining me on this Monday afternoon. Hope that you're doing good. I'm a local pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. And this is a local show focused on Colorado Springs and Southern Colorado. We have several different formats. A lot of times we take your questions on things that you're reading in the Bible and things you're going through in your life. And we have a lot of wonderful guests that come into uh, the program as well. Today, I'm just going to share some things uh, that are on my heart. Just recently started teaching through the book of Acts at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Such a good book of the power of the Holy Spirit really lived out in our lives. And I believe that the book of Acts is really applicable uh, for where we're living as a culture and society right now, because what these early believers were facing was a culture that was very against Christ, this Roman empire, this Roman culture, this Roman influence, and we're facing that as well. Our culture here in Colorado Springs and throughout Colorado is more and more uh, getting against uh, God's word. And it's in this black backdrop that the Holy Spirit is poured out and churches are birthed. And God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that he wants to do a fresh move of the Spirit to empower us uh, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of uh, confusion about the role of the Holy Spirit, who is uh, the Holy Spirit, There's also been abuses of uh, the Holy Spirit. So let's start with who is uh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. And you may ask, well, what's the Trinity? The the Trinity is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, but yet one God. God has made us in his image. We're a triune being. We've got our mind, we've got our soul, but we've also got our body. So we're mind, soul, and a spirit, three distinct parts, but yet one uh, person. So the Holy Spirit's a member of uh, the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a God. Some of the confusion about the Holy Spirit, I think, really comes from abuses. There's times where our sinful flesh gets in the way, and we say that something is the Holy Spirit when, in fact, uh, it's, it's not. And so people have these experiences where weirdness, you know, someone claiming that it's the Spirit of God in their life and it's just bizarre and they're saying, I don't want anything to do uh, with the Holy Spirit, uh, unfortunately. So the Holy Spirit is always going to point to Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that more in today's show. And he's always going to speak under the authority of uh, Jesus Christ. Do you think of Galatians? What's the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So 
the Holy Spirit's not going to come upon you and you're going to start barking like a dog or rolling around on the floor uncontrollably. I don't believe that that is the Holy Spirit. It doesn't line up uh, with Scripture. Maybe you've had someone come to you and say, well, the Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you, and they give you a message that doesn't even line up uh, with Scripture. I think when we go through the Scriptures, you're going to see just the amazing help of the Holy Spirit and how we need the Spirit of God in our lives. It's really easy to try to rely on our own strength and our own resources. I think there's a part of us where we want to just pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and say, I can do this, I can get this uh, done on my own. But in Zechariah 4, 6, it says this, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, uh, says the Lord. This is an interesting section of scripture because the children of Israel are rebuilding the temple. They're coming back from a captivity. It must have been a place of discouragement. Zerubbabel's wondering if I can get this done. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. And the prophet Zechariah gives this incredible message to Zerubbabel. I want to look at it in a little more detail. In verse 1 of Zechariah 4, it says, Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of sleep. So the angel's giving this message to Zechariah. He said to me, What do you see? So I said, I'm looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. So you see this lampstand with, with seven lamps, and there's a pipe going to each lamp, and it's connected. These pipes are connected. Two olive trees are by, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these things, my Lord? The angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, specific to Zerubbabel, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So what does this candelabra connected to the olive trees have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, the oil is representative of the Holy Spirit creating this fire. We see in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, there was tongues of fire on their head. So it's the Spirit of God that gives us power, that gives us fuel. And the message to Zerubbabel is you're going to be connected into the Holy Spirit, to give uh, you power. I think a lot of times in the Christian life, especially in the Western world and American Christianity, we hear a lot about what we should do, uh, Christian living. You probably have a good idea of what it looks like to be a godly husband or a godly wife or what God's standard is for sexuality. And all those things are so, so very important. But what we don't hear a lot about is how do we actually live in these commands? These are a possible commands for us to do in our own strength and our own power. Uh, think about this, um, what God calls us to as husbands, to, to love our wives as Christ loves the church. Not just to love our wives, but to love the way that Jesus loves. That's impossible. I don't 
possess that kind of love on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable me to be able uh, to love. I think of it this way. I grew up in a family where we would go bowling and my mom and my brother especially were really good uh, bowlers. And and I hate bowling because I'm just not very good at it. I mean, it's no no fun to throw uh, gutter balls. And I, I think that that's what the Christian life can feel like sometimes. It's like, I know the concept. I know that I'm supposed to knock these pins over, but how to do it, I don't have the power and the strength. So I'm just going to stop trying. I mean, I hear I'm throwing another gutter ball. I've I've tried to overcome sexual sin. I've tried to overcome anger or bitterness or wanting lasting joy in my life. So let's look at a few more verses here with uh, Zerubbabel. Verse 7, Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will finish it. So this great mountain that is before Zerubbabel is going to become a plain. And that capstone, or the theme that's going to be known, is grace, grace. God's going to give power. God's going to enable us to overcome these obstacles, these mountains. So it's a testimony of his grace. And this must have been a huge encouragement to Zerubbabel. Your hands started this, you laid the foundation of the temple, and your hands are going to finish it. We know that's exactly what took place, is Zerubbabel was able to finish up building the temple. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, uh, says the Lord. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Today we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. I think it's so very important. Hopefully we're going to clear up some confusion for you and look at what does it really mean to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going to head to a break. Stay with me right here on 100.7 The Word. We've got a lot more to discuss and to dive into with the power of the Holy Spirit. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. This is a local show. We're focused in on Southern Colorado, Colorado Springs, and I am a local pastor. I want to share with you today just the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We definitely need God's power, His strength to be able to live out uh, the Christian life and a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit and His role in our lives, but Man, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. I've lived in Colorado Springs now for 23 years. All of my kids have been born here. And man, there's so much of God's work that needs to be done. So many people that don't know Christ as their Savior. Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior, and you found this radio station, you found this podcast. But as believers, God really wants us to go out and proclaim the gospel, to love people in Jesus' name. And I'm really praying for a spiritual revival and a spiritual awakening and a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's look at the role of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? Some really amazing stuff that Jesus shares with us. 
from John chapter 14, Jesus begins to describe the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is verse 25. These things I spoke to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So Jesus saying, I'm going to go away to the Father, be crucified, rise again, ascend to be with my Father, and I'm going to send another to you, the Helper, the, the Holy Spirit. And this word Helper, it's so very important. In the Greek, it's parakletus, and it means to come alongside to help. Have you ever had someone come alongside uh, to help? So several years ago, I I ran my first uh, half marathon, and I probably didn't give myself enough time to train or do enough research on this. I thought, man, I can just go out and, and do this. And did some running leading up uh, to the run, but I made a really bad decision, and that was I was going to try to run this 13.1 miles without drinking any water. I thought, and I can just plow through it. I don't, I don't need any water. I come down to probably the last two to three miles of the race, and my hamstring on my right leg just started to cramp up. So so here I am running, 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 and it just, just seized up. I'm like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this race. And I'd kind of been running alongside of a guy that I didn't know this second half of, of the race, and he saw me cramp up, and he came up alongside next to me, and he had a gel pack, some fuel, and he handed it to me. He says, you need to take this, and you need to drink some water like right there at the next uh, station, drink, drink a bunch of water. And then we ran together uh, the, for the rest of the race. And, and he was an example of the Holy Spirit in my life. He came alongside uh, to help. And what was really cool is when I finished the race, I recognized that he was talking to some good friends of ours, uh, Hannah and, and Stephen, who were engaged to be married. And the guy that helped me turned out to be our friend Hannah's dad. And that's always just stood out to me of, of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's going to come alongside to help. And then also the Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things. So the Holy Spirit's a helper and the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Now, who doesn't need a helper and who doesn't want a, a teacher? And so for us uh, to be able to rely upon the Holy Spirit, Maybe you're facing some challenges today. Family life is difficult. It's intricate. We need wisdom. You're trying to figure out things with your spouse, with, with your kids, with extended family. Maybe there's some challenges at work. How do I live out my faith at work? I've got a difficult boss, some challenging coworkers. Well, there's the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm struggling with overcoming anger, overcoming lust, overcoming covetousness. I'm struggling with being able to do things joyfully unto the Lord. I tend to always complain or grumble. That's just where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We see many times in the epistles about walking in the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It's to acknowledge that we need the help of the Holy Spirit, but then to just be in step with the Holy Spirit. Well, what's the Holy Spirit doing right now? As you're listening to this show, 
driving home from work, know that you're going to get home soon. Man, am I walking in in step with uh, the Holy Spirit? I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to lead, allowing the Holy Spirit to be uh, the helper. You know, there's been times where the Holy Spirit's just put on my heart, I I need to get home and, and I'll get home and there's stuff going on or the Holy Spirit will put onto my heart, you know, to to go and spend time with with one of our our four kids, and it wasn't on my mind at that uh, particular moment in time. Or all of a sudden, think about a friend and wonder how they're doing, and God will prompt my heart to to give him a text. That that's all the help, the leading of the Spirit. And then the other aspect of the Spirit is He will teach you. Uh, the the Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth and. Let's look over at John chapter 16 uh, as we, we look at the, the role of the, the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. It says, But now I go to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So they're completely bummed and sorrowful about Jesus going away. And this is just an amazing statement from Christ. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage I go away, for I do not for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. It's to your advantage that I will go away. This is incredible. I mean, the disciples are thinking, how can this be an advantage? I'm not going to be able to walk and talk with Jesus. I'm not going to be able to to be in his uh, presence physically. And Jesus is saying it's because of the Spirit. If he, he doesn't go and ascend to be with the Father, then the Spirit would not uh, be sent. And this brings us back to John 14 of this new relationship with that we have with the Holy Spirit. It says, if you will keep my commandments, and I pray the Father, he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. The advantage of the Spirit in our lives is the Holy Spirit goes from being with the disciples to in the disciples. And, and this is a huge, huge difference. The Holy Spirit had been with the disciples, but when Jesus dies and rises again, we're going to study it in just a moment, look at it in just a moment. Jesus breathes on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes in them. When we look at the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit's active in the Old Testament as well but is not living inside of believers. This is part of the new covenant. This is what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has accomplished in our lives, that the moment that you receive Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God is in you. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why Paul writes that when we sin in 1 Corinthians 6, the Spirit of God doesn't depart from us. Jesus doesn't depart from us. We're the temple of uh, the Holy Spirit, and we're actually joining Jesus to a harlot. You think about how valuable the temple was for God's presence to be in the temple, how much time was spent on it, emphasis on the temple, but now you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, writing upon our hearts what God's will for us is, and giving us power 
to actually be able to accomplish it. I think that this teaching, this study of Scripture on the Holy Spirit is one of the most important topics for us. And I'd encourage you to study on your own the role of the Spirit in the Scriptures and how it's worked out in your life. I'm excited to share more. So stay with me. We're going to head to a break. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. We'll be right back. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. I have the privilege of pastoring at Rocky Mountain Calvary. We've got two locations, central part of the city, Austin Bluffs and Academy, and then out east at Ellicott. Would love to have you come by and visit. We're currently going through the book of Acts. You can learn more at rmcalvary.org, rmcalvary.org. Hope that you're doing well. Hope that your drive is going well. Definitely had some hot weather here in uh, Southern Colorado for sure. So talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, currently teaching in the book of Acts, it's just brought up in me, well, am I really relying upon the Holy Spirit? What does it look like for me to walk in uh, the Spirit? So sharing some verses out of John of, of who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is our helper. And also he is our teacher, and it was to our advantage that Jesus would go away so that we could have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's something that he didn't have in the Old Testament, where God living inside of them, but now God lives inside of us, providing the power to live out the Christian life. And when he's come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We see this in Acts chapter 2 in just a really powerful uh, way. When the Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost, those that had killed Jesus, Peter speaks a message to those that had crucified Christ, and they're actually cut to the heart, and they ask, "What, what shall we do? Being convicted over their sin, and Peter shares the gospel with them, and 3,000 get saved and baptized. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He convicts the world of sin. I know it was the Holy Spirit's work in my life that convicted me of sin. I made a profession of faith of Christ when I was young, but I really became real when I was in high school. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I also really became aware of my sin and my brokenness before the Lord. And in that same moment of being aware of my sin, I also became aware of God's love uh, for me. So that's Part of the role of the Holy Spirit. He's helper, he's teacher, he, he's the one that convicts sin. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So this is out of John chapter 16. So we learn a lot about the role of the Holy Spirit here 
is the Spirit is our guide in uh, to truth. One of the biggest lies I think the enemy tries to throw at us is that we can't understand the Bible. Have you ever felt that or started to believe that? I think that's a huge attack on God's ability to communicate. If you really dive into that, it's like, well, God hasn't communicated in a clear way for us to understand. If you know Christ is your Savior, the Spirit of God lives inside of you, and you have the ultimate teacher. When there's been real revival amongst God's people, people get into God's Word for themselves. And there's value in listening to teachings, podcasts like this, live radio shows, but even more so to get into God's Word for yourself. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in uh, to truth. So, choose to read through a book of the Bible. You know, books are, are are written for us to to read in order from chapter one all the way through, and then ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to you, that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide you into truth, because you really do have uh, the best teacher uh, living inside of you. Give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to lead and guide you into truth. And then we see that Jesus is going to glorify the Son. And I think this brings a lot of clarity on the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is when the Holy Spirit's working, Jesus is glorified. When the Holy Spirit's working in your life, you're growing in the knowledge of Jesus. So, Not necessarily is it an emotional experience. Sometimes emotion does come with it. But a lot of times people want to look at the move of the Spirit as as something emotional. But you really know that the Spirit's moving when people go away enamored with Jesus. When people go away glorifying Jesus and going, man, Jesus is absolutely amazing. We have this order inside of the Trinity. Each member of the Trinity is God, and they're equal, but there's order. We, we see the Father, and Jesus is always coming underneath of the Father. So many times in the Gospels, he's saying he's doing what his Father's asked him to do. Then we see that the Holy Spirit is under the authority of Jesus, and he doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks of what he's heard from Jesus. And then we find the Father is always pointing to the Son. So it's this amazing relationship, oneness through three distinct persons, but yet a one God. So the Holy Spirit's our helper. The Holy Spirit's our our teacher. The Holy Spirit convicts uh, the world of sin. And the Spirit of God is going to glorify Christ. So I hope that that's brought some clarity in your heart and in your mind about the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. In John chapter 14, Jesus said to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is with you and shall be in you. And we see the fulfillment of that in John chapter 20, when Christ arose from the dead. The disciples are all gathered together in a room, and they're they're locked in that room all by themselves. And this is the second relationship that the disciples have with the Holy Spirit. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. What would that have been like? You know, you're locked in a room. Jesus doesn't use the door, doesn't climb through the window, and all of a sudden, boom, he's 
in the center of the room. You'd be freaked out. And the message of the resurrection is peace be with you. Jesus bringing peace, victory over sin, promise of eternal life. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Bearing those scars, those wounds of the cross, and they examine his hands, they examine his feet, realize it's the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is an important aspect of the Holy Spirit, is the purpose that the Holy Spirit is for us to be sent out into the world, into the lives of those that don't know Christ as their Savior. The Father sent the Son, and Jesus sent the disciples, and is going to empower them with the Spirit. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So this is the promise that Jesus gave in John chapter 14, that the Holy Spirit was with them, but now the Holy Spirit is in them. Receive uh, the Holy Spirit a different relationship with uh, the Holy Spirit. This happens for each of us the moment that we receive Christ as our Savior. The Spirit of God comes in us, and we're the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But this is not the end of the story, because we find in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus tells the disciples that they're to wait, that they're to wait and pray until... They've received the coming upon of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is where I think there's a lot of confusion. People don't understand this third relationship with the Holy Spirit, but the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon them is so that they would be witnesses, so they would have the power to have a life that brings glory to uh, Jesus Christ. So we're going to tackle that after the break. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1 when God promises the power of the Holy Spirit, and then how this applies to our lives, how we can really make this applicable. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Stay with me because we got some important stuff about the Holy Spirit after uh, this break. You're listening to 100.7. The Word will be right back. Miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Good God Almighty. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. This is a local show, and I'm a local pastor. Thanks so much for listening. Hope it's a blessing to you today. We're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the disciples and our lives as well. The Holy Spirit's with us prior to knowing Christ our Savior. As soon as we receive Christ as our Savior, The Spirit of God is in us, but there's a third relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that is that the Holy Spirit would come upon us. So this is Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Isn't this interesting that Jesus has just given the great commission to the disciples. He's ascended to be with the Father. He says, I don't want you guys to go do anything. I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. I want you to dwell in Jerusalem, and I just want you to wait for the promise of the Father, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And we know the day of Pentecost was 10 days after Christ ascended to be with the Father. So they waited for 10 days until the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. The word baptism means to be immersed. That's what baptism means. And we know that John the Baptist predicted and prophesied, I baptize you with water, but Jesus is going to come and baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Where our life is surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to the control of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God is empowering us. In verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? It's interesting that the mind of the disciples always goes back to the restoration of Israel, the deliverance from Roman dictatorship. And Jesus is like, no, this is not what this is about. That that will take place in the second coming where Christ rules and reigns over the nations. Verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. You're not going to know. The Father knows when it's time for Israel to be restored, but you shall receive power. Here it is. This is what we focus on. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, so you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power. In the Greek, it's, it's dunamos, which we get our English word dynamite. You shall receive power. And the book of Acts is testimony of this power. Uh, prior to the Holy Spirit coming upon Peter, Peter really struggled, as we know through the Gospels. I appreciate the transparency of, of Scripture where we see that the challenges and difficulties, the warts and all, if you would, of, of the disciples. And it's not that Peter's perfect going forward, but he's a changed and transformed man as the power of the Spirit comes on his life. In chapter 2, when the Spirit's poured out, they're speaking in tongues, then Peter gives a very powerful message where he's filled with boldness and God uses that message. The Holy Spirit moves to cause them to be cut to the heart. And so we need this power to be able to live out of the Christian life come upon you. This is that third relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with you. Then the Holy Spirit is in you when you receive Christ, but this is that coming upon of the Spirit. So what's the purpose of the power of the Spirit? I think this is so, so very important, is you shall be witnesses to me. So it's not just an experience. It's not about our comfort necessarily, but it's God empowering us so that we can live a lifestyle that's glorifying to Jesus. Now, this stood out to me when I was recently teaching this, is the the witness is first and foremost unto Jesus. We're wanting a life that is pleasing to Jesus, that's glorifying to him. Because when we think of witness, we, we often think of this testimony of two unbelievers, which is true, but I'm not doing it first and foremost for believers. I want to be pleasing unto the Lord. So you shall be witnesses to me. And then notice that it's shall be. And that's really important because it's not just that we go witnessing, which 
is important to go out and share faith, but it's that our life would be a testimony of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit coming in to my life so that Christ would be glorified. This clarifies a lot of things. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not necessarily speaking in tongues. I, I personally believe that tongues is still for today. And God gives that gift to some believers and not to others. But that's not proof that you've been filled with the Spirit. What's proof that we've been filled with the Spirit is that our life is marked by the love of God. I don't know if you've had the privilege of spending time with believers where you go, wow, they are filled with the love of God. There's a woman in our church, her name's Donna Graham, and for years she led a women's ministry and has retired, stepped down from that position. But every time I spend time with Donna Graham, I experience the love of God. And I can just see it, that she is empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is not something that she's living out in her own strength. This this is the power of God coming upon her life, and, and her life is a testimony to Jesus Christ. So as the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that people would see in the way we treat our spouse, the way we treat our kids, the, the way we live out singleness, the, the way that we work, the, the joy that we have, that it points to Jesus Christ. And again, this this can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, then there's this testimony in Jerusalem, which is right where they're at, then Judea, which is southern Israel, then Samaria, which is northern Israel, then to the ends of the earth. And that really outlines the book of Acts, of their testimony in Jerusalem. What's interesting is they didn't really want to leave uh, Jerusalem and Judea, and it took persecution to get them to get out of their comfort zone and take the gospel to Samaria, which would involve uh, Gentiles to the end of the earth that would involve Gentiles. God sometimes uses difficult circumstances to move us out with the gospel. Last question is then how do we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Jesus said to the disciples that we being evil know how to give good gifts to our kids. I love trying to bless my kids and give them good gifts. It's fun to take them out to ice cream. How much more so does our Heavenly Father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, isn't that interesting? Because why would we be asking for the Holy Spirit? We know the Holy Spirit's in us as believers. It's asking for this power of the Holy Spirit. Some teach that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just this one-time experience. I think that it's an ongoing dependency upon the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says, Be filled with uh, the Holy Spirit. And in the Greek, that word be filled is be continually filled with uh, the Holy Spirit. So it's daily, throughout the day, moment to moment, relying upon the Holy Spirit, asking to be filled with the Spirit of God. And God wants us to ask. And we trust the character of our Father that as we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit, that He is going to grant that uh, to us. But remember the purpose. The purpose is for us to be a witness of Jesus Christ. So God, would you fill me with power so that I can share Jesus? And when we step in that direction, 
of being outward focused, of taking the gospel to those that don't know Christ uh, as their Savior, that's when the power of God comes uh, in our lives. You know, you think of a, a ship, it's meant to be sailed, and you're not going to experience the power of that ship till it's sailed out on the ocean. We're not going to experience the power of the Holy Spirit until we step out into Christ's mission of sharing the gospel. Hope this has been a blessing to you. If you missed part of it, you can catch it on our podcast, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. God bless you. Never then you came along. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.